Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And today we are continuing our world building series and we are talking about history. Rin, what are we trying to do when we are world building history? You're trying to figure out like why your world is the way it is in my mind. Like what are the events that led up to the current events in your book? Because history does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I think that was Mark Twain, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. When I think about world building history, my mind goes back to when I was first introduced to the evils of the college board. <laughs> and I took uh, an advanced placement United States history class. And one of the big uh, words inside of that class was continuity and change over time. Um, and so that's why I think about with history is things that are staying the same, things that are changing, and then why the things are changing that they are, and why the things that are staying the same are staying the same. So those are some of the questions that I think about when world building history is what has changed, what hasn't changed, and why is that? And that's kind of moving towards a history generation technique that we're going to talk about. It's included in Mark Rosenfelder's Planet Construction Kit. Um, And basically the idea is to create um, like this three-column table where you're asking how was like how did things used to be you can apply this to a village a neighborhood a nation an entire world um but you have how did it used to be how is it now and then why and this can provide you and like a starting point from which to to flesh things out yeah that reminds me of like the story spine like pixar uses like Mm -hmm. every it was this way every single day until this happened. Yeah. So another principle of storytelling driven there. Well, you think about like the intro to Avatar where it was the four nations lived together in harmony and then the five nations attacked. Right. Yeah, for sure. So in episode twenty four we talked about using randomness to generate histories because history is not deterministic. From today, looking back, it can totally seem like the, the way things happened, like it was inevitable, like everything was going to happen the way it happened, but mm-hmm. that's just not true. Like, as always, there were like dicey moments in history, like for a while it was like, are we going to win World War Two? And thankfully we did. I see and you have Oppenheimer on the brain. I was, see, the thing is, something that you said made me think of Barbie, and I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but then I thought of Barbenheimer. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. There it is, folks. Um, Your Barbenheimer reference. <laughs> like, a month after it came out, but, you know. At this point, it's going to be, like, almost two months, month and a half. Something like that. We record these in advance. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then if you think of the way that things are going on today, like, they do not inevitably lead to a particular outcome either. Like, lots of scary Supreme Court decisions happening right now. So, and you don't know how those things are going to turn out in the future. Exactly. You can't tell uh, how certain, you know, how certain things, like, with global warming or climate change are going mm-hmm. to impact things going forward. We have lots of guesses, but we can't know for sure and for certain. Um, the fancy word for this is contingency. History is contingent on how people react to what happens and in order to make things happen inside of the future. Um, one of the, I like to kind of circle back to talking about how history isn't deterministic. 
because it is very easy for us to construct a narrative where we put ourselves on the apex of history rather than understanding that we are a part of history and we don't really know if we're at an apex or if we're in a lull. And the example that I want to use is actually synthesizing two books that I've read this summer. The first one is called um, The Better Angels of Our Nature by Steven Pinker. And the other one is Heretics and the Creation of Modern Christianity. I don't know what the author the author's name for that is, but we'll put it in the show notes when we get there. Um, the Better Angels of Our Nature is a his, is a historical, sociological, psychological work that makes the claim that over the course of human history we are becoming we have been becoming less violent. And Pinker asserts that the reason why is because of a liberalization over time. So this idea of um, respecting people's rights and creating this idea of rights and that we shouldn't infringe upon other people's rights. Um, so you have that going on over there. I go over to um, Heretics in the Making of Modern Christianity, and the author has this really wonderful first chapter where he talks about historical consciousness. And he talks about how when we're reading about the early Christian period, you it's very easy to uh, label people according to labels that we understand, but what uh, but what would have been completely alien to them. Thinking about like, oh, these people are being oppressors and these people are being rebels. These people are being free thinkers. Um, but in that time period, those terms wouldn't have made sense to them. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything about, you know, there wasn't anything about freedom of expression or freedom of um, freedom of religion. That wasn't part of their vocabulary and it wasn't really part of what they were thinking about but depending on the labels that we put onto it we can construct this narrative that isn't actually there and when you're going through your fictional history you can put in a like you can put in a very clear narrative of like this is what's going on inside of the society this is what's going on long term and you can use that as a sort of um you know, as a sort of didactic tool to make some sort of thematic claim. Um, But if you're not going for that, consider refraining from imposing some kind of overarching structure onto onto your history. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, As you were talking about using words from our time period that people from that time period don't understand, that makes me think of anachronisms. Yeah. Um, and we will go more into anachronisms on our next episode, but for now, all I just want to say is, like, anachronisms matter a whole lot more when you're writing historical fiction yep. than they do when you're writing fantasy or sci-fi, so. Yeah, they still can matter, though, because yes. with, um, particularly with, like, pseudo-medieval fantasy, yes. anach- anachronisms there can trip people up thinking that that was how medieval Europe actually was mm-hmm. even though it's it's not oh yeah absolutely I saw a, a, an Instagram reel about that a few days ago and that just tickled my brain yeah uh, it also makes me think all over TikTok well like three weeks ago everyone was like can you use cha- the word champagne in fantasy because that implies that there's a champagne region of France in yeah. your fantasy world yeah um my thoughts on it was you can because you can. It, it, like, it, it's so much easier to like, use that word. And, like, anyways, 
You can go watch my TikTok on it if you want to know everything <laughs> I said about it. I'm at ZK Jensen author on TikTok. Um, but also, that makes me think, I was writing in my Dawnless novel, which I finished the first chapter, by the Woo! way. Um, but I was like, could I have champagne in this? And then I looked up, and it's set in, like, the early, like, 1700s, which is, like, right before champagne was invented. Oh! So that, because, like, it's a French-inspired place. It would be perfect to, like, use champagne, but I'm like, it's right before, like, Perrault's version of Sleeping Beauty was written, like, like, two years before champagne was invented. (laughs) And I'm like, gosh darn it. You don't want to just scoot up the timeline a couple of years and... Is that going to blow everything up? I, I, I didn't care enough about the champagne. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Zach has a really good example of like a fictional history using his book, The Black Crescent. Zach, you want to go into that? Yeah. So this is, a follow, this is an example of how you can use the technique that we talked about from Mark Rosenfelder's Planet Construction Kit as it applies to a specific, um, a specific example. So... In the Black Crescent, you have a technologically advanced society, which is an isolationist tyranny. So you can think about basically a sci-fi North Korea kind of thing with zombies. Um, But it didn't always used to be that way. It used to be a technologically advanced global society. So you have the starting point and you have the ending point. What changed? There was a global conflict that concentrated technological knowledge in a small number of people who became tyrannical warlords. So you start off with that, and then you can build on it. And inside of the inside of the Black Crescent, there is much more development about the history and about how the history is mythologized mm-hmm. by people who are interested in propping up the state of affairs as they currently are versus how the history is mythologized by people who are trying to overthrow the state or who are trying to seek a different a different status quo. Yeah, that brings up a really good point about how it's history like told in your world and mm-hmm. versus like what actually happened. And then you get like into like revisionist history for mm-hmm. your fantasy world and it's mm-hmm. super fun. Um, I feel like one idea we've been dancing around that I just want to say explicitly is you should use timelines. Like, mm-hmm. timelines are so useful. And then, like, if you have your timeline, like, written in a notebook, like, dog ear the page or something, like, don't lose that timeline because when you, like, after you take a break from the project, so, like, let it rest as many people do after their first draft, it's so hard to remember. How many years ago did I say that war ended? Yeah. And it's, yep. it's because you don't know the number, you can't control F it, like... <laughs> I am speaking from experience, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just make a timeline. Don't lose it. It will be so helpful. Yeah, if you're a digital person, um, Aeon Timeline is a good software that you can use to that you can use to build it up. It's relatively it's relatively cheap, all things considered. If you're just buying it to buy it, if you do a subscription, then it's a little bit pricier. Um, but that's another option. You can do a handwritten version, digital version. Those both work really well. Yeah. Um, another idea relating to Thailand is if you are doing, and this takes us back to anachronisms a little bit, but if you're doing, yep. like, specific numbers, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Especially, I feel like, in fantasy, where it's, like, second world fantasy, I feel like it's less of a problem. Yeah. But if you do, like, sci-fi, like, the year is 2049, which... And then we have all these advances, or this is happening, and then, like, 
You're like, oh, we're not going to be that technologically advanced by then, or like, I don't know, we get to 2049 and the world has just ceased to exist because <laughs> of global warming. They're like, well, that book was wrong, and that's going. someone's going to be very bitter about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you do run into that. I, it makes me think about the um, the big to do about um, uh, Back to the Future when yes. the day came when Marty McFly went into yes, into and the everyone was like, well, "Well, have we lived up to this?" And it's like, obviously, we didn't. It was a sci-fi movie, and they invented time travel in the eighties. <laughs> like, come on, we don't have our hoverboards. We don't have our hoverboards. It's so sad. I would love a hoverboard. I would be so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Yes, it would. But just, like, so many injuries. Well, if it's anything like riding a motorized unicycle, I bet it would be tons of fun. Because I love motorized unicycles. I did not know this about you. I do. Fun! Yeah, I learned how to I learned how to ride them when I was living in California, weirdly enough. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. Okay. But also... I have this note that I made when we prepped these episode notes, like, three months ago. Because <laughs> that's uh, how far in advance we plan, guys. <laughs> a little bit. Sometimes we just plan in advance, then we don't record for a month and a half. Like, <laughs> Yep. We, we're just really, yeah, we're just on top of things. <laughs> but, like, if the culture's measurement of time is different, you can get around this. Which, like, I just, I'm in the middle of Brandon Sanderson's second secret novel, which is, like, The Frugal Wizard's Guide to yes. Surviving Medieval England. I don't know if you've read it. I'm, like, nope. I'm not super invested in it. It's not my favorite of his works. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, like, he's trying to, like, place where he, like, what dimension he is in, like, and what version of, like, medieval England he's in. Uh-huh. Um, which I don't think that's just spoil. I think that's just the premise of the book, like... I'm not worried about spoiling it for you guys. Um, but because they, like, measured everything is, like, it's, like, our world, but slightly to the left, like, three inches yep. to the left. Like, it doesn't matter as much. He's, like, hey, have you guys, like, found the water wheel yet? And then they're, like, did he not see the one right over there? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... So there's that measurement of time when you're talking about... Like, Inventions and stuff, which we will yeah. get into more in the next episode of Achievements. Yes. You can also use things like generations, moons. Um, if you wanted to get really spicy, solar flare cycles. Ooh. Um, if that is relevant to your <laughs> to your setting. Yeah. Um, or in the case that... I just finished reading the fifth season. And oh, yeah. They talk, uh, the um, N.K. Jemison talks about years since the last season. So mm-hmm. it allows the reader to ground on to the use of years, but it also doesn't bring with it the, the baggage of like, oh, this is 300 years since the last season because it might as well be 300 years since World War One or World War Two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but you still don't get bogged down in thinking like, well, it reached the year 300, then you shouldn't have X, Y, and G thing, and you should have A, B, and C thing. Exactly. That's an example. Yeah. So anyways, let's do a quick wrap-up. Um, history is all about continuity and change over time and why things change over time. Mm-hmm. You can use randomness to generate histories. You can use a three-column table, like how did it used to be, how is it now, why. Um... History is not deterministic, and the fancy word for 
things not going inevitably is contingency because history is contingent on how people react to what things happen. Zach gave a great example of the arcology in the Black Crescent. And Rin believes strongly in using timelines so they don't mess up their in-world timelines. Chronology. Chronology, yes. Uh, Do you have anything else to add, Zach? Um... I think just a quick note about using randomness. The way that you do this, if this seems really arcane to you, is like if you've ever played D&D, it's just like that. You make a table and you say these numbers go with this with this event. You roll the die. You go through and you say, oh, I rolled a one. That means this happens. Oh, rolled an eight. That means this happens kind of thing. Um, and then you can use that to build out on the history. In episode 24, we talked about that a little bit uh, at greater depth. So yes. if you have questions... Go over there. Perfect. Um, that's all I've got. Yep. Awesome. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.